live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. I'm working for Steve Cofield, and it's just it's just non-stop. Adding, it's a nonstop. non-stop. In spite of being quite chubby and not eating healthy, I don't have enough donuts. I should eat more donuts because I love them. So Willie's all, Willie's all amped up. Yeah, now I'm ready. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, 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 partying. Yeah! All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Willie is getting down. I'm in a great mood, and I have no clue why. You're welcome. It has nothing to do with Steve. Was it the food at Golden Circle? You got, listen, you got treated to some food? Steve, listen. I've been meaning to tell you, I, I just, I really don't like you. So. <laughs> is that right? Break, breaking <laughs> news. It finally, I mean, we can kind of tell in your tone. I mean, we started out the show. I went on this whole diatribe about the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. It was very emotional. Took me it back was. to my my days as a Ute, and uh, you were like, "Are you done? Will you please stop? Can I say something?" It's a, it got a little. I, I mean, I, I wanted to tell you, but I, I didn't know when to break it in. But I spoke to the home. You're going back. <laughs> Is that right? I was over the line. I'm, I'm feeling a little rickles today. Okay, a little rickles. <laughs> All right. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Let's get to our Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Bold prediction time with the Aces playing on Sunday and then again on Tuesday. Both games are in Seattle, correct? Yes. They've got to split games on the road. Otherwise, we're not going to see the Aces again here in town. Will we see the Aces again at the MUA, the Ultra Arena? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Matter of fact, I think that Seattle will force the series back here. I think the Aces win game three. But I think Seattle does something to I – th- I don't like the long – well, actually, I'll be honest with you. The long layoffs, I believe, help the road team. Like, you, you, the, the teams were off for seven days or whatever it was. Seattle comes in and wins game one. Then you got the turnaround. Aces win. All right? So now you got a few days – Seattle's back home. They're doing what they do at home. They're kind of getting in a, too much of a relaxed state. We've heard Becky Hammond say that. We heard Peter DeBoer say that and some of the veteran Golden Knights players. We've heard that when you're playing, you're used to playing two, three times a week. You get home, you get a little bit too much in your relaxed state with too much time off. Whereas the road team... There's not much you can do. And there's still a lot of COVID protocols around the WNBA. So I don't think that there's a lot of going out, hanging out. You know, even Kelsey Plum, who played college up there, she may see a couple people, but it's not going to be. There's nothing extensive. They're not touring Seattle. Their focus is on this series. And I'm not saying Seattle isn't, but they're going back to a hotel where the storm, they're going home. So they're sort of in a relaxed state. The fact is, there's a quick turnaround on this one. There's no elongated time off between games for game four. It could benefit the Aces, but I do think it'll go five. 
either way, the Aces are coming home. They're coming home to prepare for the WNBA Finals or they're coming home to prepare for Game 5. Where is the WNBA trending? Viewership for this has been pretty good down the stretch and in the playoffs. And Asia Wilson made the comment that sooner than later, WNBA players will become household names. Yeah, and, and I think that they somewhat are um, to a degree. Um, she is, I, I found, I mean, that phrase was one thing. I thought that it was impressive, she said, because it's not too far off from the men's game, you know, meaning it's as popular as the NBA. And I thought that that was very intriguing for her to throw out there, considering if you if you if you if you if you compare the the viewership stats, right? Um, I wonder if the networks are holding them back just a tad. We talked about how Serena, or you guys talked about it maybe yesterday, but how they shifted her to ESPN and made sure that she was on tonight on ESPN. Right. There was a couple of weeks ago. It might have been the opening round. WNBA went to the deuce in favor of Little League Baseball. Really? Yeah. Little League World Series pushed the NBA. Well, I don't know if they pushed the it, there, but they just kept it there on the on, Yeah, you're right, because Serena's on main one. ESPN, and Michigan State football is on ESPN, too. Now, let me ask you this. Outside of, I don't know if there's a difference in advertising dollars or what, but the reality is this. Here in Las Vegas, it's channels 30 and 31, correct? Is it that difficult to change from one? Is it, is it, is it more just the prestige of saying, I'm on ESPN, well, I'm on ESPN 2? You're on an ESPN station simultaneously, and, and, and in Las Vegas, you're flipping it from one station to the other. That's a good what point. is the difference? I don't know. I don't know what the big deal is. I assume that they're back-to-back and a belly-to-belly on all systems. Yeah. So it shouldn't make a, a big difference. I, I kind of – I've been seeing some of the numbers, and I thought I saw the other day a number comparison between the MLS viewership and WNBA viewership, and WNBA was slightly ahead of MLS, and they are pointing out that MLS's TV deal is much bigger than the WNBA deal. I've never really looked into this, and we probably should, especially you since you're all over the beat. I wonder if the WNBA is just kind of a throw-in to ESPN as part of the NBA deal. Now, people might fire back and be like, listen, they dragged along the WNBA 20 years ago just getting them on TV as part of the NBA deal. Is it time for the NBA slash WNBA to go to ESPN or someone else and go, hey, we, we actually need a real TV deal now. Like We're not a throw-in. This isn't a spiff deal. I don't think it's a throw-in. I honestly don't. I mean, they're, they're, their top dogs are going to, you know, to throughout the season. It's not just the playoffs. I mean, Rebecca Lobo, Ryan Roke, you know, Ruko, I mean, they're at the game. I mean, they throughout the season, Holly Rose on the sidelines, courtside. So, I mean – if it was on the open market, I wonder what the WNBA rights could get. It, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I think that they have deals set up during the regular season, like who's going to pick them up. Uh, CBS Sports has jumped in the in the mix. Um, obviously, NBA TV, they televise their games throughout the week during the regular season. ESPN has the rights right now, and that's, you know, I don't think that they're a throw-in just because of the NBA, like, I, you know, um, because they, they do have – a built-in audience. I think it's um, obviously it's beneficial that they're going opposite the NBA schedule-wise. They're going through one of the slowest times of the year for all the sports when Major League Baseball 
is really the the main sport being shown. But so many other sports that are being played, the publicity of it, you know, even the NBA Summer League. Look how big that's gotten broadcast-wise. So, yeah, I think it, I think it could stand on its own feet. I mean, it's it's been in it's been around for twenty five years, and I agree I agree with Asia where, in terms of household names, I think what she means is beyond the spectrum of um, women's sports, but but people appreciating these athletes and what they do, and I think that it helps. The little, the little uh, Instagram pages that put out the fashion, like there's GQ Sports on Instagram. They do every week. They do this week in sports, and they'll do side-by-side pictures of the walk-ins or when the NBA players, the pro football players walk in or when they show up to an arena and they'll compare two athletes and you get to vote. It just ties you in. It, it, it gives you a little bit more of insight, what they're wearing, what they're doing, cutting deals. Like Kelsey Plum cut a deal with a fashion company. So I think the more that they're out there, they're becoming as big a celebrity as the NFL players, the NBA players, the NHL players in their own right. They're creating their own niche. Number four. Donovan Mitchell on the move from Utah to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kind of screws over the dreams of many Knicks fans. Now the Jazz are left with very few known players. This has gotten real interesting because as people are putting it, the Jazz leftovers could be of interest to some other teams, maybe like the Lakers. Is it time for a complete rebuild? I mean, they're doing a complete that's, rebuild. That's, I mean, that's you know, I mean, you got rid of Gobert, you got rid of Mitchell, you've got 500 picks. They're they're doing the tank for the next couple of years. It's gonna. Danny Ainge just said, "Hey, we're not going to win it with these guys, so let's get them out of here." All right, so I'm not looking for a bet, but what's the over under on how many years until he rebuilds as he did in Boston and gets this to to a championship caliber team? Tough question. Tough question because part of what Boston did over the years, they actually were able to not only trade for good players, but also attract them as free agents. Yeah. Does anyone want to go to Salt Lake? And, and I think you have to look at the competition. Right? Golden State, they proved last year they're not going too far. Now, I'm not sure how long LeBron's going to last in L.A. Um, I think by the time the Jazz could – be competitive with some top picks the next couple of years, you know, being mature would be at the earliest three years from now. And by then LeBron and the Warriors should be, well, the Lakers without some real creative moves are going to be winding down and the Warriors transition from Steph and clay. And I'm not even going to mention Draymond to the younger guys will be real interesting. They may be able to keep something really good going, but the West should be more open in three years. Is LeBron going to go to Cleveland? You know, I hadn't thought of that. And you sent that over, and that was, that's actually really interesting. I mean, they, there was always that talk, well, he could go home. He wants to go, you know, retire. Imagine bringing his son there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, now that's the other part of this that's interesting. Okay. Can I throw it back on you? Yeah. Danny Ainge has 500 picks. He can afford to overdraft. Bronny. This was a discussion we had a couple, you know, whatever, a month ago. Bronny might not even be a guy who's a second-round pick when he wants to come out. He's about the 35th best recruit in his class. He might not be a first-round pick after one year of school. So you're going to have to be a team that, if you want LeBron for the money aspect of it, is probably going to have to overdraft Bronny. Can you imagine if the Jazz actually were able to do that? 
happened. LeBron finishes. He's going to finish his career in Salt Lake. In freaking Salt Lake. At the rate, I got news for you. Let me ask you this. Let me just throw a little wrench in all this. Two different cities, but does all this drama at BYU and Provo does it shade the state and nearby Salt Lake and be like, I'm it's not already going, shaded. I'm not going to that state. It's already been like that. That was my whole point on attracting free agents. Right. So that was what you know. It's funny. Uh, Miles Simmons, our NFL insider on Tuesdays, um, retweeted some, made a uh, comment on someone mocking on uh, Donovan Mitchell having a wake up in Cleveland, and Miles is like, he was in Utah. Yeah. I think he's going to be okay. So, yeah, Ainge, this is a good plan. I mean, he has gotten a lot of picks, and he got a bunch of players who are usable players in this Mitchell trade, but is he going to be able to attract free agents to go to Salt Lake? We'll see. Number three. Shaq in the news, kind of. Hadn't thought of this one, but this is a challenge for a lot of people. What happened to Shaq with his son? He was speaking with Australia's Sunrise News. 50-year-old NBA icon said... I'm grateful because I realize that the position I am in life is a lucky position. I never had a real job in my life. When I was trying to help my son fill out a resume, I had to call somebody. I couldn't do it. I was embarrassed. I don't know if he should be embarrassed that he couldn't do that. You want to know why? Most people don't. My son recently... Know how to write a resume properly? My son recently... I I can't remember when it was. We had to mail something. um, Package of apparel or whatever. And I had to remind him where the return address goes. Who mails anything these days? So you're saying younger people... Well, I mean, and Shaq's, real familiar Shaq's with 50. resumes. Yeah, I'm 53. Yeah. You're up there, right? I mean, but well, in when, general. I mean, when did, like Shaq said, when did he ever have to and have never, a resume? Yeah. And then the further point here is, do the super wealthy, do you actually need resumes? Like, really? Right. Or you just work your connections and, you know, hey, here's my kid. Give him a job. That or you just pay someone to do it. You know what I mean? And And there's so many. Here's the other thing. These days, you can just open up a Word document and hit template, and you could get anything, invoice, resume, packing slip. I mean, it does it all for you. You just type over the Xs. But That's the other thing is, has Shaq ever looked at a resume? He does hiring. No. That's all in connection with him. I would imagine with someone like that, it's like, hey, I, I need a personal assistant. I got something. No one's sitting down with Shaq for a face-to-face interview for a job at Big Chicken? No. He's not sitting down and asking somebody where they see themselves in five years. That was good. <laughs> One of the worst Number questions ever. Two. One of the worst questions ever. Number two again. Number two. You were very high in New Jersey earlier, bringing up a, a legendary Italian place in Ocean City, New Jersey. Are you now going to slam my home state because of criminals like the uh, fake Tom Brady guy? What is this guy doing? Scott V. Spina Jr., pleaded guilty in February, admitting he defrauded an Orange County, California ring broker. He gets three years in prison for a fake Tom Brady Super Bowl ring scam. What is going on in New Jersey? They're closing iconic places. Guys are selling Criminals fake left and right. Scammers everywhere. In New Jersey is where New Yorkers put their garbage. 
Oh, my goodness. He's got one drop that he uses. He, he always has that one at the ready. Anything to just take a jab at. He's been doing it the last couple of days. Uh, for some reason, yesterday with Adam Hill, he brought up the, uh, the App State Michigan upset highlight from 2007. You know why? <laughs> Three straight days are remote. You're out of the. You know. We can't do anything. Kid's tough while you're out of the. Oh, out of, I mean, he's normally or he's normally a punching bag, so he should punch back every once in a while. When you're out of the, which and, you know what, even he, he he actually should physically punch back when we're in studio. Okay. And especially you, you become t- you become a bit of a terror. Easy turbo. I mean, from what I hear in the halls, I haven't heard anything. I'm not in the hall, so. Ari, I, just, I, just, I just figured that would catch your attention. Ari throwing a punch might be like me throwing an empty water bottle at you. But see, there, there you go. I tried to stand up for him, and now you're taking shots at him. Top story on the way back, college football doing what they should have done 30 freaking years ago. And if you're a dissenter on this, oh, up yours. 12-team playoff coming up, maybe starting in 2024. Yeah! It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Sanders again, another touchdown on the horizon, and this time it's Green careening into the wall. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Willie's here. It's Cofield. Serena Williams. It's 5-5 in the first set. She had her serve broken on a beautiful backhand by her opponent and then lost the set 7-5. So trying to stay in the match in the second set. I finally figured out why I remembered Tamjanovic. She not only played in World Team Tennis when they were down in this exclusive country club, I believe in... Uh, West Virginia. It was like this real exclusive country club um, during the pandemic. They bubbled it. She played with the Las Vegas Rollers alongside Bob and Mike Bryan. They brought her in mid. Some, I can't remember who got injured for the Rollers, but wow. she came and played with them because what they did was they hired a beat writer for every team the year before. And when the Rollers came here, I was the beat writer. So I would go to the Orleans with our late great friend, Ballpark Frank. He and I would go to every single match. And so the pandemic year, they just they got everybody to do the same thing, and I streamed it. So I had the past to, to stream it, whatever, and I'd watch it. And then they'd get them on the, um, the phone for me, and I would do a post-match recap. And that's why I remembered she was in World Team Tennis. Even further, she was one of the rollers. Now nice. She, and now she's on probably the biggest stage she's ever been on. This is crazy, the amount of attention, yeah. and it's deserved. And... For people out there who are like, well, why is it such a big deal? I mean, it's Serena Williams, who's one of the all-time great athletes of the last 25 years. She's pushing 41 years old in a sport where many of the ladies are done by the time they're you know, 32, 33, if not earlier. The length of her career has been insane, and she was as dominant as any athlete over the last 25 years in any sport. Las Vegas Aces uh, veteran guard Sid Colson just tweeted, Tom Yanovich got to realize that her losing is better for the game of tennis <laughs> this year. So just be cool, shoddy. You're playing way too hard. Yeah, just get out of the <laughs> way, right? Uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Sierra's there sitting in the crowd. Fired up? Yeah. I, so, think, that, I think it's well-deserved. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So college football playoff goes to 12 teams. Mm. They've agreed on this. It doesn't look like there's any hurdles. There will be no politics played. Remember the last time around, they had the same exact format about a year ago. They offered it up, and 
My recollection is the Pac-12 and the ACC said no because there weren't auto bids for their conferences. Now what they're going to do is six highest uh, rated teams automatically in, you know, from different conferences, and then six at large will get in. It doesn't guarantee any group of five gets in. The, the one thing, if I'm reading it correctly, the top four seeds, because they'll have a first-round bye, I want to look into that more and see the possibility of who can be the top four seeds. But anyway. The four highest-ranked conference champions as the top four seeds with each receiving a first-round bye. And it doesn't say Power 5 conference. So no. technically, if you, could, if you actually had a Mountain West team that was in the top four, which probably will never happen, they could be a top four seed. Why are you this Marcus? It's a long shot. Okay. With the way, with the, way the CFP operates. Never. With never the way the CFP. I mean, I guess, I guess someone could get aggressive, you know, five years from now and schedule all Power Fives in their – well, that's the other problem here, Willie, is down the road, if some of the Power Five conferences go to ten conference games, if you're a group of five team, you probably can't even – I mean, I guess you'll have the option of finding three Power Five schools to play on the road. I suppose if you went unbeaten, and that included beating three Power Five teams on the road by, like, five touchdowns apiece – then maybe you could be a top four seed. Do you think that the back 12 in the ACC, their their resistance before is now out of the way because yes, to preserve their conference? Exactly. Right? Well, that's exactly that's exactly what I was building towards. Is last year they were like, wait a second, you know, we have some say here. Now they're like, oh my god, we almost have no say. Let's just get in the freaking thing. Because what what could happen? This saves the Pac-12, the Big 12, the ACC from the Big Ten and the SEC going, you know what, here's the new college football playoff. It's only our two conferences. You're all out. So for now, at least they're included. But they were they were feeling pretty scared, you know, the last couple of months that the SEC and the Big Ten were just going to keep expanding and get to, like, you know, 20 or 24 teams if they wanted to. And it's like, yeah, you're not invited. We're just doing our own tournament. Screw off. Do you think, aside from like the way that they're going to probably work these games, the way that they have worked this, the, the first set of football playoff, right? How they've been doing it with semifinals being one of the bowls, because the Las Vegas Bowl, like we, I can't wait till John Sassenti. By the way, he's already. I talked to him at the UNLV home opener, and we booked him for throw the flag in a couple of weeks. But it'd be interesting to talk to him that now that it's SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten, Pac-12, the fact that they have. Power Fives, the Las Vegas Bowl, can work themselves into being one of the playoff games. I don't have an answer, but it seems like a possibility. Be fair. Yeah, that, right? that would be cool. Let me get it right. So okay. the, tw- the original 12-team model, doesn't mean they're going with this, but the original model was the sixth highest-ranked conference champions. There's a Power Five. So that does mean a group of five, you would think, would have a chance to get in, right? Yeah. That would be Conference Six. So that's good. Um Bob Thompson, who we had on a, uh, about two weeks ago, a, a TV executive, threw this one out. Because if I'm one of the remaining Pac-12 teams, why would I go to the Big Ten, end up with a 6-5 and five record, never sniff the CFP playoff, better off staying in current conference, going 10-2, and two, winning the championship game, and getting the auto bid to the playoffs. More money there than reduced share. That's an interesting one because if Oregon and Washington – if Oregon and Washington 
left for the Big Ten, they'd get $100 million a year from the conference, but there's a good chance they would have a really difficult time making that field of 12 and not getting on the big dance floor. So there's something away there. And I don't, I don't know how big the money is going to be in this 12-team field. That's just it. That's, I mean, that's all of a sudden this playoff suddenly saves the integrity of the conferences, right? Instead of, instead of leaving for the money, now you look at the bigger prize, the chance. Because let's be real, um, if you have the right coach in place, Right and 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 you have the sort of the hot team going into the postseason and, and and you have the right dynamic just to get into the game get into the into the field anything can happen you win that national championship just get in the game so if you're going to hinder yourself by moving to another conference for a quick payday it, it in the long run it could it could hurt you. Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Clifford sprints out, lofts it up, touchdown Penn State! Unbelievable! Kevon Lee! Former NFL quarterback and ESPN Las Vegas NFL insider Mark McMillan is live on Cofield and Company now. That was a kick in the nads. There's no school that I dislike more than Penn State and I was watching at a bar last night you know Purdue's playing this really competitive game there was an older couple wearing Penn State stuff mm. so you know I'm, I freaking hone in on that start yelling and for it, Purdue immediately yeah. immediately like sure. Purdue's getting in the game they're making big plays I'm like instigator let's go and, and I hear the guy who's clapping I was like I am brother and then there was another guy I could tell bet the game bet Purdue Hmm. So we were living it up. You got then, him involved, yeah. And then Penn State won. So, what are you going to do? Can't win them all. But like I told you, I bet I bet Penn State plus two and a half. Mark McGillan's with us. College football has started here on a Friday. Good games last night. Mark, how you doing, buddy? I think Mark is with us. He will be in a second. You know what it is? I have to be the one to introduce him because we're boys now. So now joining us on Cofield and Company, it's Are you boys NFL Insider the... Mark McMillan. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing good. What's going on, Big what What's going on, Steve See, what I tell you, that's see, me and Mark, we boys now. We, we've been hanging out at the Aces game. We sidekicks. Okay. We sit next to each other. I told you, I have to be the one to bring him into the show. All right. All right. You want to keep doing You want to do the whole interview? Why don't we start out with the Aces? Let's start out with the <laughs> – uh, Mark, you have been a mainstay at the Aces game. You you love going to these games, covering these games. Oh man, I love it, man. You know, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge basketball fan. I know people really don't realize it, but I love basketball. And every time I go to a, a, a Aces game, man, I just remember Kobe. And for some nice. reason, every time I'm watching a game, I remember about him talking about supporting the game and how good these women are. Uh, and, and man, these these women got game, and the crowd is electric. Uh, it's been sold out uh, the last two playoff games. Uh, you know, you got you know you got you got your MVP. Uh, you got the coach of the year. Uh, you got Sue Bird, who's the pioneer. Uh, so man, I, I've been loving it, man. You know, obviously on press row, we got to kind of pipe down a little bit. 
but I'll be clapping underneath underneath the desk. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I've appreciated is because now I am I am a call it like you see it, you know, basically uh, esoteric. Write write what you see, get the quotes. For AP, it's clean copy, but for Mark, man. It you know you you would think sitting in the in a press box for a football game he's going to break down cover twos and this guy's doing that look how this guard's pulling he's look he's he's leaning over and goes you see what they're doing over here now they're this and the and the guards and they're breaking and I'm going Jesus he's he's breaking down it's like breaking down film live Mark what are you seeing in these first two games uh, I'm seeing a lot of fire a lot of grit um, obviously you know they they kind of take on the same uh, fire as the coach um, you know obviously Asia didn't play well the first game. Uh, you know, Stewie outplayed her clearly. Um, you know, so, you know, the second game, Asia came out on fire. And Chelsea Gray, man, she's got that old school game. I, I came in, it's like the, the, the guy that shows up at the park with the high socks, with the sweatpants, with the headband <laughs> yes, on. Yes. And you're like, man, no one's going to pick this guy. But, man, she, she's got great court vision. Uh, she's the fire and soul of the team. I know Asia's the, the, the young lady of the squad, but, man, Chelsea Gray is carrying this team right now. We heard Becky say after game two, Asia and Brianna just basically cancel each other out. It's, it's, it's right. about who's going to step up. I really think – and then and it goes beyond that, you know, with, with Jewel Lloyd and, and Sue Bird, and if Gabby Williams comes back down the line, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, as you mentioned, Jackie Young. I really think that the bench could decide this series in these next few games. Yeah, the bench is going to be important. Um, you know, like I said, those guys, those young ladies, are going to cancel each other out. Uh, you know, so you know they scored what thirty-three points, and the other one, I think Stewie, Stewie had like thirty-one or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was an incredible shootout, and she she actually mentioned that in the uh, in the press camp conference. It was almost like a Kobe, Michael Jordan going back and forth, yeah. and you know, it, it, it was it was interesting to see, man. These young ladies going back and forth. Uh, you know, and they were they were going at each other. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like they were backing down. You know, no. there were some hard physical fouls in that game. Yeah, no, and that's you know, as Kelsey Plum has said, and she's 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 given me some quotes throughout the year when I'm doing stories on visiting ladies for the Athletes Unlimited site. Um, and as she would put it, she was like, "Oh no, she's a, she's a dog. She's a dog. She plays like a dog. She, you know." So, and, and that's what we're seeing. We're sort of seeing that dog mentality with a lot of physical play. And if you, you know, it's one thing to come to appreciate the women who can shoot from long range and get fired up, or or because they're the taller ones and banging inside. No, you got to watch some of the tight defensive play, limiting the space, um, and and really going after it. Who else was going after it? What last night? The backyard brawl back in action. Mark Pittsburgh versus West Virginia. The Mountaineers were looking for it. They were tasting it. And J T. Daniels. Oh, you man, you probably appreciated the pick six. Man, it was it was it was awesome, man. That was a great uh, back and forth game. Obviously, the rival has been away for a long time. Uh, it's back now. You can see the crowd. It was a sold out atmosphere. Um, I originally signed at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, coming out of junior college, so I kind of know a little bit about that rivalry. Uh, that was some of their things that they pitched about. You know, coming here, you get to play against West Virginia. Uh, it's almost like our our brother, sister, little brother. You get to beat up on them. But the atmosphere was great. JT Daniels, you got Slo- you know, Clovis also as a quarterback, who I actually saw play in high school, who was coached by uh, Kurt Warner uh, back in Arizona. So you have two California quarterbacks that was on the national stage, which was pretty cool.
Big game tomorrow is Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, most people Woo! are not really giving Notre Dame much of a chance. What do you think? Ohio State is loaded on offense. Man, Ohio State is just so good, Steve, man. I, 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 Marcus Freeman is my guy, man. He's a good guy. Uh, sent them a couple of messages as well. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, they have a lot of firepower as well. But Ohio State, what they bring back, they bring back uh, the front runner for the Heisman Trophy besides Bryce Young over at Alabama, uh, one of the top running backs in the nation. And then the young uh, wide receiver, I can't even pronounce his name, who went for like 340-something yards in the Rose Bowl uh, last year. So they're, they're loaded. And I want to give a shout-out to my cousin, Court Williams, man, who's actually named as the defensive captain. He's number two for Ohio State. So remember that name, man, Court Williams, my cousin, man, the captain for the U Ohio State University. Mark McMillan is with us, Krillin McMillan. He joins us every Friday on Cofield and Company. So I'm sure, I'm sure you saw the news that college football is going to go to a 12-team playoff maybe as soon as 2024. What do you think? Um, you know, we've been talking about this, what, I think the last three or four years on the radio. Um, I don't think it's going to affect the big-time uh, schools. Alabama's still going to be there. Georgia, your ten- you know, your, your not Tennessee. Well, they did win a game last maybe, night. But not maybe, Tennessee. Maybe, but, maybe Tennessee but, eventually. Tennessee's going in the right direction. Yeah, they are going in the right direction. And when Tennessee is good, actually it makes their, our conference better too, Tennessee and Florida as well. But uh, there's going to be Clemson's going to be there. Ohio State's going to be there. But now you give those, uh, those Cincinnati's, uh, you know, those mid-major schools an opportunity uh, that was crying all these years, like if we go up against the big boys, we can win. So, it's going to be pretty interesting to see um, how that fares out. You look at San Diego State, what they've been able to do uh, over the last couple of years. Maybe they get an opportunity to get into the, the, the college playoff. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Obviously, it's a lot more money. Uh, the top seeds get a first-round buy. Uh, so that means that you, you, you're going to have to play a, a really good first round, and then you're going to get an Alabama or, or, or Georgia or Ohio State, which is going to be real tough. But, hey, uh, more college football for us is good, I guess. Mark, another place that you and I have been at quite often the past, what, four weeks, Raiders camp. Um, my question to you, you're a pro football player. You know the game that needs to be played. You know how the game that agents play and the leaks that they do. Was Darren Waller really hurt? Um, well, the, the, the Darren Waller that I saw at all the Aces games jumping up when his girl Casey Plum <laughs> hit the three-pointer, he looked really good. His vertical looked really good. He's eating popcorn. He's drinking soda pop. Uh, Darren was living the life, man. So, obviously, you know, we have an agent uh, that was probably forcing him to uh, to hold out. And he's like, man, my guys are battling. Uh, guys are going through training camp. I'm not getting any work in. Um, you know, he hears the buzz about the media. As a player, you hear that. Like, man, is he hurt? Is he, is he okay? Um, he wants to go out there with his guys, and he's a young player, so he's not like a veteran to be like, all right, I'm going to hold out and, and, and milk this a little bit. He's a young guy with a lot of energy that wants to play football, and by him trade, changing agents, uh, you saw him back in camp the very next day. <laughs> so I got to ask you, do you think that someone, a representative from Clutch told Schefter it's a hamstring and because maybe he was tight one day and got treatment, he had a role. I mean, Let's, let's face it, you're in camp, the heat, the dehydration, sure, you could cramp up or have a tight IT band and just say, oh, yeah, he was getting treatment on it. Could that have taken place? No, not at all, because the training camp, the last one I saw him participate in, he was catching about five or six balls, uh, running great routes, uh, very energetic, and then all of a sudden, like, man, he, he didn't show up for the second practice. Where's he at? 
Uh, you know, then everybody's like the, the hamstring, but it, that was just all fun and games, man. You know, the young man wants to play football. Um, if you're that hurt, uh, knowing that you're in a public eye and you're a superstar like he is, you're not going to be at basketball games jumping up uh, when your girl is draining three-pointers. <laughs> Russell Wilson gets a $245 million deal. Is he even the third-best quarterback in the AFC West? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, you know, obviously he's got the experience. Uh, he's lost some key receivers uh, early on during, in, in training camp. Uh, but, you know, you got Carr, you got Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, you've you got the young guy over at San Diego, Justin. So it, you know, they got some really good quarterbacks in that league. But oh, I would say experience will probably put him in the top three. But it's like maybe 3A or 3B like that. Let's close on this. You've been shouting out a lot of your, your pals, and I know you're pretty close with uh, Devin Allen. Not exactly yeah. what he wanted, but he's on the practice squad. Didn't make the team with the Eagles, but he's on the practice squad, and that's a good chunk of change. And that's really what he needs, right, Mark, is the uh, Olympic hurdler needs more time to develop back into a full, uh, full-time full football player. Yeah, and that was, you know, some of the things we talked about. I texted him uh, actually, uh, you know, Tuesday, and he was like, man, I made the team as a practice squad player. He's like, I'm so excited. I appreciate all the support. But like you said, he needed the work, and he knows it. He's like, Coach, I need a lot more work. Uh, to go out here and compete at a high level. I could run straight line speed, but as far as running routes, uh, being physical with guys, blocking, the whole thing of just about being a football player um, is really tough. So he, he's excited. Uh, I'm so excited for him, man, as well. Um, his dad actually passed away a month and a half ago. Uh, you know, right after he, he signed his, his deal, his dad uh, suddenly passed. So I know that's weighing real big on his heart as well. So I'm excited for him to get that opportunity and another kid I coach is K.J. Lasseter. Uh, his dad was Kwame Lasseter, who played in the league for a long time. He actually made the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals practice squad as well. So I got two of my Arizona wide receivers, man, on NFL uh, practice squad rosters. Man. So I'm, I'm excited. All right, so um, since you and I are boys, I'll decide when we're going to let you out. So, so I've got one more question. I don't have a question. I, I want to tell you what I did last night. You'll appreciate this. So, so I took a nice New York strip. And I put a little pink Himalayan, some cracked pepper, let it sit to room temperature, get kind of get the fibers nice and tender. And then uh, I took some shrimp, some scrimp, and I okay. spri- I sprinkled some Cajun seasoning, some C- some perfect Cajun seasoning. Then I took a old piece of bread I had left out on purpose, and I crushed it. Into crumb, so I made homemade breadcrumbs, sprinkled it in okay. the whole thing, then and I had some marinated chicken breast with the barbecue season, the perfect barbecue. Put it all on the grill, and then the top rack, I just kind of laid the shrimp hanging over it, so it just caught that secondary heat. Man, let me tell you something with the steak and the shrimp, and the shrimp, the shrimp, it was kind of like it was fried, but it wasn't. Cause it had that nice crunch from the from the homemade breadcrumbs with the Cajun coming through. Had a nice glass of Tuscan wine with a uh, fresh garden salad. You'd have been proud. Oh, man, that's, that's, that sounds pretty tasty. I'm actually on my Twitter right now. I know you're talking about your food. I didn't post out what I made yesterday, but I'm going to tweet it out for everybody that's listening. I made a, uh, 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 a honey hot uh, open face chicken salad. That I use my sweet heat barbecue sauce on, so I'm gonna send that out so people can kind of lick their phones and salivate over it for a little bit. But man, it, it's a lot of stuff going on, man. I just picked up a nice little pellet sponsor today, so I'm excited about that. And Steve, you know, man, I got the big news coming up. So the next oh, yeah, time I'll be oh, talking, yeah. 
Yeah. Next time I talk to you guys, I can't say where I'm going to be at, but I'll be across the pond. So it's going to be pretty interesting. So oh, I'll be nice. Doing my, I'll be doing my segment from across the pond. So I'm going to stay in the loop, guys. We're going to set that up. We're going to get on that this weekend. All right, I'll talk to you this weekend. Uh, I know your boys with uh, Willie more so than me, but uh, Mark, appreciate <laughs> it. Have a good weekend. Okay, I'll talk to you. <laughs> I appreciate it, fellas. <laughs> well, you guys are going head-to-head. I might have to bring in a little more food conversation from uh, some of the other Cofield & Company chefs. I got some special meats coming in from this company from, I think, Wyoming, an actual cattle farm. Oh, yeah? Local power lifter, or former power, world-renowned power lifter, Brandon Allen. He's got, you know, one of those deals where he endorses and said, use hashtag this for the discount, put it into the coupon code. Um, I bought one of their griller packs. I can't wait till the meats get here, but part of it are some ribs. I might have to, I might have to marinate them, break them down, I'll pull the membrane back, soak them, whatever, and get them ready. Bring them over to the Cofield compound, show you what's up. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I might. Oh, right. look, I just got the impressive. Tag. Look at Grillin McMillan Honey Hot Chicken Chicken Sandwich. He just tweeted us. I, know, I saw it. He's got some hot honey sauce that he's using. This show got real foodie friendly, well, real foodie friendly. Well, because the engineers like to hear that stuff. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Brumfield, shotgun, takes the snap, two-step drop, pass out on the flat. It's caught by Robbins. He lunges, and he is in for a touchdown. Third touchdown of the first half for Aiden Robbins. The first two was rushing, and the Rebels go up 44-7 with 42 seconds to go in the second quarter and the extra point coming up. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. College football going down right now. Full slate tomorrow for week one. Can I tell you my biggest challenge tomorrow is to stay under control and not play like 50 games. Because I just started looking at the slate tomorrow, and I, I've already bet like three games tomorrow. I bet them early in the week. But as I was looking through the early games, some of the uh, and, and the games on top of the board, I'm like, uh, North Carolina, App State, I might want in on that one. I might have to do an in-play on CSU against Michigan. Let's see. As I keep scrolling down, I can't wait for the Houston-UTSA game. That's going to be an awesome game. Oregon-Georgia, completely fascinating. Notre Dame and Ohio State, great game. Nevada and Texas State, the pack are a dog at home, at home against Texas State. I find it interesting that several of those games, including UTSA, the, the games that you have been on the sidelines for, teams that yeah, you – Teams I've seen, yeah, right. So, so be careful of those because then you think that you know something, and really those are the games you get tripped up on. You know, it's funny. I'm not betting that one, though. Okay. Yeah. You just brought it up to bring it up. but then, Well, because I want to watch it. Right. Uh, Utah I'll, get, State, I'll get a text tomorrow. Utah State and Remember Bama. <laughs> Remember I was saying this? Utah State and Bama, 42 now. <laughs> Bama, 42-point favorite. Boise, Oregon State is a big game for the Mountain West Conference and for Boise. I don't think Boise is going to have the kind of season they expect to have. I'm going to read about that game tonight because I, I, I'm intrigued by it. I think Boise State has something to prove. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. but And I'll tell you, last night... So Fresno looked mostly good. O-line wasn't great. They won 35-7 as 42-point favorites against Cal Poly. San Jose State, oh boy, did Brent Brennan escape that one. Weird play calling again at the end of the game. 
They're on the doorstep. He won't run the ball. Incomplete pass, incomplete pass. Just run the ball, and Portland State made a couple of mistakes to screw themselves over. That would have been a real bad loss. San Jose State got out with a 21-17 win, but they were real close to being upset by an FCS team. Took a page out of of, uh, Pete Carroll's book. How so? On the doorstep, didn't want to. Oh, yeah. He didn't like to run the ball. Hey, real quick. Likes to throw it. Real quick. Unless it's Cordero running. I saw a tweet. I know we're up against it. So all of a sudden this morning, I see this tweet from James Kahn. We talked about him when he passed away. His longtime assistant has gotten approval from the family. He'll be keeping Jimmy's page going and continue to share some of his favorite images. Okay. James Kahn, Twitter. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, more stories like that from (laughs) Willie. Highly entertaining show. He and Gooch throw the flag. They got breakfast here. The show is here at Golden Circle. In the morning, starting at 9.30, breakfast like the chorizo con Papa's breakfast bowl. Or try the meat lover's quesadilla. Check it out tomorrow.